I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. School's out for summer. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. I didn't really know what to call this one. Because mm. I feel like adult ed has like a bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like an AARP ad or something mm. that we're doing here. It's which not is- that. I mean, we're not being paid by AARP by any means, so this is certainly not their ad. But if we were (laughs) to want to be paid by AARP... We would say their name way more times than we've already said it. That's true. But this is about um, kind of, let's just say, educational opportunities that we've sought out outside of actual school settings for ourselves now that we are of adult age. (laughs) Or in shorter format. (laughs) Because I personally, I graduated from college and I was like, fucking done. Mm. Like, had no desire to go to grad school, still have no desire to go to grad school. The Mm. idea of someone trying to, like, assign me an essay now is super laughable to me. (laughs) But I think I realized, you know, a few years out of school that... I like learning stuff, and those opportunities don't necessarily present themselves in adulthood the way they do when you're in college or high school or even grad programs, I would assume, having never experienced one. Mm -hmm. Um, That the ethos, I suppose, of going out every day and learning doesn't really exist naturally in adulthood. And so I think we both sought out different opportunities that are especially abundant in New York City, but I feel like increasingly, um, as people, you know, share this desire on the internet in different places. Yeah. I mean, it goes hand in hand with sort of the, I don't know, crafting craze, for lack of a better term. Man, that was a pretty good term, though. Crafting craze. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think people are interested in... I'm like domestic hobbies for lack of a better term but that sounds a little stilted uh but you know like i mean like a lot of the classes we're going to talk about today they're kind of like craft based i know you do a lot of craft classes but even i mean i think hobbies in general it's nice to have these sorts of things because it makes your hobby really social. And I think that's another part of adulthood, like socializing Mm. becomes so different when you get out of school and forced socialization doesn't happen in the same way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So, you know, going to one of these classes, I know for me is like a cool thing to ask a friend to go do that's not going to a bar or Mm -hmm. to go to and talk to other people who I wouldn't necessarily talk to who aren't really in my circle but it exposes me to people other than like the people I already know and the people I work with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to say, but not finding the words for is that it is a hobby, but it's not like a hobby in the way stamp collecting or card collecting or these more isolated things that I sometimes associate with the idea of a hobby, right? Someone it's like their little private passion and they have like a drawer for it at their home. Uh, It is more social. And I think part of it too Maybe part of why it is these kind of domestic things like sewing or 
like plant-based stuff or even like the mushroom thing was focused on growing at home is that it is like one it makes it a little more accessible for people of all skill levels to be like oh this is something you can diy this is something you can do at home uh but it is also i mean i think with my education work when you're up and doing something and doing something with your hands you're way more open to talking and socializing and it breaks down some barriers people put up rather than just sitting and for some people though if you do want to just sit there are a lot of really great uh like lecture series um like i remember when you lived down in crown heights little zeldas hosted i forget what it was called but it was just like adjunct philosophy professors would come like once a night and just talk about whatever they wanted that maybe they couldn't talk about in their curriculum and you could go and just sit and listen to these people talk so there's those options too but i think what we're going to talk about specifically looks like with the exception of the very end so stay tuned (laughs) but even that um are things that yeah open up social avenues that otherwise would be spent like i don't know at bars mainly with people our age yeah i think you know for me i like seeking out these active ones i find that to be particularly engaging i think if we were doing a podcast about like readings that you can experience in New York City or something like that. There are infinite options to have that experience to go have someone who's either like published a book or is a professor or, you know, is some sort of thought leader like talk to you is a super available opportunity here, you know. Um, And in a lot of other places, I would think. I just happen to like the ones where you're engaged in actively doing something, especially when you have to pay to do it, because then I feel like I'm getting something. Mm. Like in the situation of Craft Jam, which is one of my favorite, I guess they're a company um, who runs crafting classes in New York City. They have a couple different venues, and I've taken a couple of good classes with them. They're BYOB. They happen to be really close to my office and the office of my crafting friend. Um, it just works out really nicely for us. So I've had a couple really good classes there. One of them was an embroidery class. And I'll probably link in the show notes pictures of things that I've made because... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the value of the class to me is you do have to pay a fee for all of these things, but usually you walk away with a good amount of stuff. So I would say that Craft Jam is on the more expensive side, but you always get as many materials as you want to use. They'll uh, they'll always let you like stuff a goodie bag with some extra stuff if you want to take the the project home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really nice because, you know, for me, I thought embroidery was really cool. I'd never done it before, so I needed someone to teach me and they had an instructor there who did a little demo and helped us set up our craft and then you get to do the craft and like talk to your friend. But It's nice to like have all the stuff there because I don't have embroidery stuff at home. (laughs) You know, like investing in a hobby like this Mm. takes a lot of space and a lot of money. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to try it in this venue and have a little bit of instruction and get that stuff, I think is really nice. Yeah. I also did a paper flower making class through Craft Jam, which was really cool and like deceptively hard. Mm. Um, But they let me come back with a lot of stuff. So I made two flowers there and then I made a third flower at home, which I don't know that it's deceptively hard. When you said you were doing that, I thought to myself, maybe even said out loud, that sounds hard. Oh, my mom used to make these um, tissue paper flowers in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I remember doing that craft with her and being pretty adept at it Mm. and i think that's something i could still do these were crepe paper flowers and i don't know if you've ever been on instagram 
you being the, the listener, because I know you don't look at these things on Instagram, <laughs> um, you know, and seeing people do these like paper flowery bouquets for weddings and stuff like that. That was the level that this was on. And it was very, like, uh, Zoe's sister did that. For, yeah. Yeah. Yep. For Jackie and Zoe's. Yeah. yeah. And that was lovely. I think it's a really great idea for weddings. It's more eco-friendly. It gives you a little more control. It's cheaper. Um, you can pick flowers that don't occur in nature because you're not limited by nature. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seemed it, that was something that the instructor did. She made flowers for weddings and it seemed really cool. Wow. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah. It's like a cool niche market that is probably fairly profitable, I would imagine. Yeah, because flowers for weddings are so fucking expensive. And so if you want to save yourself a little bit of money, you're still going to spend like a lot of money on paper flowers. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Point being, she was really nice. Had a great time. Got to take stuff home. Would definitely take a craft jam class again. I like them also because they have locations in Manhattan. And I know that's not great for everybody, but like going to Brooklyn sometimes to do a craft after work and then having to come all the way home is a lot. Long haul. Long haul. Though I am going to segue into the Brooklyn Granary, <laughs> <laughs> which is also a really cool place. And I think kind of more on the level of what you were talking about, there are definitely craft classes, which are the ones I gravitate toward. But the Brooklyn Granary will let you teach a class about anything if you can like show if enough people show interest in it. Mm-hmm. So they do stuff. They do like um, dumpling tours of Chinatown. They do all sorts of crafting classes. Um, they do, they have a real estate agent who frequently runs a, like how to buy your first house in New York class. Mm. Um, they have improv classes. It's all sorts of stuff. So people should check them out. They're also slightly more affordable, I would say than craft jam. I think because they aren't all classes that require materials. Mm. So that cost gets spread around a little bit more. I took a really cool stamp making class with them where we like carved blocks of linoleum and then I made those tote bags by um, printing the the stamp. Mm-hmm. And then I took a zine making class as well, which was kind of half craft, but then also there was a sort of lecture part about feminist art, which I thought was really cool as well. So would recommend yeah. them. Uh, they are only in Brooklyn, though. They have two Brooklyn locations, so I actually prefer to take those classes on the weekends, personally. Where are the Brooklyn locations? Oh my uh, god, there's... Like, still where are the Brooklyn locations? <laughs> there's that one in Prospect Heights, and then um, it's like off the F. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a weird place that I had literally never been before, and... If you asked me to go back there, I probably wouldn't know how. <laughs> it was like a whole other dimension. It was very strange. And then there's one off the 2-3 at um, Grand Army Plaza. Oh. And I think that's their main location. That's definitely They're pretty like... close to each other then. Unless I'm I think so, yeah. being somewhere way deeper. Yeah, I think one of them is like an annex so that mm. they could have like two classes going at once, essentially, that their main space got filled up. That makes sense. The other place I personally take classes is the Botanical Garden. I've taken class there too. That is true. You can talk personally about your experience at the botanical garden classes, or do you want me to speak first? No, oh, I don't it? know. I was more just like chiming in. I can speak. <laughs> I only have a couple. I did the mushroom class with you. Maybe yes. I'll save that for a segue. Okay. Then I did the kombucha class you got me for Christmas, I believe. Yes, yes. Uh, it was great. I was at their Midtown building, 
and the mushroom one we did was at the garden itself. Uh, which is pretty convenient, both of them. The garden is a short express bus from us, and the Midtown one was close to one of the schools where I run workshops, so I just went after work. It was nice. Uh, the classroom space is really a pretty similar. I think it's kind of cool taking classes at the garden. It's just something like in the in the air there. Maybe the spores. Um, <laughs> We're so freaked out by mushrooms. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. <laughs> once, you, once you know, you can't unknow. That's true. Um, in any event. Uh, the kombucha class is good. Uh, the instructor is good. Both instructors I had there really knowledgeable, really hype about what they were talking about, which is nice. I would say my biggest fear in getting into adult ed is that, like the AARP ads, which we're not sponsored by, I imagine it being just kind of boring. Like the presenters might be people just trying to fill time or like get some weekend money. And then the people in the class, I don't know, maybe they'd be into it. My image of it was very different from what it actually was. Both the presenters, both the teachers were super knowledgeable uh super engaging and interested and the class was really pretty uh pretty responsive i would say people were like interested asking good questions um and it was cool it was good atmosphere much like jordan i don't know i weeble wobble about grad school and what i want to do but i really like learning and i think uh like with the kombucha in particular been fermenting some stuff for a while (laughs) Uh, started. I love a good ferment. Oh, yeah, started in the <laughs> in the kefir game about four years ago. Now, I uh, got into sourdough recently, thanks CJ. And uh, kombucha was sort of the next frontier, uh, and so it was cool. In the class was, in the class were excuse me, other people with kind of all various levels of expertise in fermenting. Some people had just drank kombucha from the grocery store, but were interested. Some people had fermented like sauerkraut before which i've also done that was weird that was one experiment. of the weirdest so, times yeah anyway um some people had you know uh maybe tried kombucha but uh failed at it before so it was a good a good mix of people it, like in attendance and then the teacher was from uh oh man i can't remember the name i follow them on instagram it was like renegade wasn't it yeah. Do you want to uh, go get your paper? I'll talk about something really fast while you get your paper. I would say that I've never had a bad instructor in any class, but the New York Botanical Garden, their classes are at the high end of the cost range, and I think it's because they command such knowledgeable and professional instructors, and really, like, you get great materials when you're there, and, like people come and are super engaged and are knowledgeable because they know that they're going to get a really high quality of class. Um, And that being said, you know, you don't need to know anything to go into them. They really service a wide range of knowledge levels, but it's very competitive to be an instructor there. So you always get great instructors and now you're back. Yeah, now I'm back. Uh, contraband ferments. That's close. Name. Yeah, you were close. But contraband ferments. They're really great. Look them up on Instagram. We can give them a shout out, maybe. I think they're only on. I don't know if they're only on Instagram. You know what? I know for sure they're on Instagram because that's where I follow them. Um, and they do a lot of cool stuff. I mean, this woman who taught the class ferments just about everything. It's pretty pro. Um, and then they also are involved in like a 
fermentation meetup. They do a fermentation festival in New York City. So like some serious knowledge is in that classroom about like not just kombucha, but all things. Um, and then the mushroom class was the other class I've done. I did that with you, Jordan, not you, the listener. Um, <laughs> that was done by Catskill Fungi. And they were cool. He was cool. Um, Brought a ton of materials. Yeah. It was very hands-on, which was pretty fun, really. Um, also very knowledgeable about fungi. Yeah. We had watched that documentary before, so we came in with some knowledge, but really he was like... <laughs> going in on it he was wearing a mushroom shirt which made him instantly (laughs) more reputable in my Uh, mind he also brought all those books which i respected he had like a whole little touring library with him it was like feel free to check these out and write down the names these are all the books i like to use and that i used to learn that was what was nice about his presentation was um he sort of told us his mushroom journey that's true he also brought us that free mushroom tea Oh, yeah, that was good. It was, Which was nice. And the tincture, too. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I liked his class a lot. We're now growing mushrooms in our apartment, mm. which is one of my favorite things about these classes. I love going there and doing the thing and learning from the person, but then I like coming home with the stuff. And, you know, in the case of a lot of botanical garden classes, there's, like, something to grow, obviously. Um, you happen to be fermenting kombucha that you got in the class right now. That is true. The class ended with us getting scobies. So, yeah, did my first batch. We've eaten mushrooms really well. that we grew in our own kitchen. Twice. Now. Twice. Yeah. And, you know, we have the knowledge now to continue doing that. I've taken a bunch of plant classes, and you always come home with a plant that you've potted up in the class, which is really lovely. Um, I also took a class about bees, which was so crazy because we've talked, I think before on this podcast about how (laughs) crazy bees are and how like you should watch that documentary on Netflix about bees. Um, but we came home with a ton of stuff. I came home with all that beeswax lip balm. I came home with a beeswax salve. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a great one. I got like addicted to honey in that class (laughs) because we were tasting all of these like raw honeys and unfiltered honeys and so now i have this really expensive honey habit but that was super cool we got to like eat um bee larvae whoa yeah i don't know if i knew that yeah i've eaten bee larvae i've eaten like honeycomb people really like show up for these classes um and obviously there are a lot of plant classes but then there are a lot of kind of like lifestyle classes i want to say like the bee class was more of like a lifestyle class though i think they keep bees at the garden now and that's cool it makes sense i took an essential oils class with a woman who was like a chemist by day and had all of this like scientific knowledge about essential oils which was really cool and i came home with um like a bath additive and a like uh like a sniffing wand for when you're sick. That was not a very accurate description of what that a thing was, wand. but it was like a piece of cotton that was dipped in essential oil and you were supposed to like sniff it to clear your sinuses. I think you did it a few times too. I did do it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So I've always had a really great time there. Again, they're kind of on the more expensive end mm-hmm. because the instructors do bring you all these materials, but I've always felt like they were worth the time and money and like you said it's really close to us so it's a good place for us to go yeah close to where we work the downtown one too true downtown one is in a cool building as well yeah they own very lovely buildings yeah i threw this one on here 
because I feel like it, for me anyway, it's very much in this vein of like liking to go to classes for the social aspect and to be instructed. Uh-huh. I hate working out by myself. I've never been able to do it and to have a consistent practice doing that. But using ClassPass and going to fitness classes has really changed that for me because I like the aspect of instruction. I like being told how to do things better and like what I'm supposed to be doing because mm-hmm. I really know nothing about working out. And I also have people I see every week, you know, and like consistent classes that I go to. And I don't know if those people are my friends, but <laughs> we know each other. And, you know, it's nice to see the same people week after week and work out together. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I hear all that much like everything else. It's a learning. The classes I go to are in things that I don't know yet or like forums I want to get better with, uh, like Pilates. I started doing that at home and pretty successful at home if I do say so myself. Like I definitely, when I was doing it, felt a workout, but since going to classes at uh, Return to Life Center, like much better. Just getting that instruction and taking the, the time to, well, I mean, taking the time to do it personally, I would say makes it more important to me, right? Like rather than just having to be like, all right, well, I'm going to do Pilates at home and then do all this other shit, whatever I have going on and being like, oh, I'm going to go take this 45 minute class that is out of the way. And I'm making it a part of my day. It makes me like, oh, I'm like pretty serious about this form. Like, this is something that I would like to get better at. Um, yeah, I feel like in some ways it feels to me more like self care when I go and do it, like when I make the appointment to do it, mm-hmm. than if I'm just doing it by myself. Because it's really easy for me to write off as unimportant if it's like going to the gym or working out at home. Though, if you want to know more about our working out at home journey, reference the home gym episode. <laughs> Um, wow, what a plug. I don't know yeah. if you can give it a plug. Did you see me just like roll right into it yeah, too? Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Man, wow. Yeah, that's it. That was really what I have. I mean, they, they're they pretty pricey, most fitness classes, but I mean. That's why I like ClassPass. Mm. You can usually get some pretty good deals on ClassPass is what I find. And yeah, it's not, none of this is cheap, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's something I like to invest in because I feel like it's a, better use of my money than say like going out to a bar with someone you know mm. that's how i think about it anyway i'm sure what is free though yeah i put this one on the list it's not exactly class because you don't pay for it and go and get anything but since we're talking about learning and our desire for continued learning we just both started doing duolingo again yeah i started back in december i feel like there was a duolingo craze like several years ago i don't know if that's when it came out or if people just got super into it but we both picked it up then and stopped yeah well i was the yeah a bit more random then we're back at it now yeah back at it with a purpose i would say you're learning spanish i am amongst others i'm learning german just because i took german in high school and was like pretty okay at it and just like feel bad that I forgot it, kind of. Mm. Um, and it's like, it felt easier for me to start because I knew I would have a leg up and that I, like, remember some of the words, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I did the same. I took uh, high school Spanish for three years. Um, didn't put any of it into practice and so forgot most of it, but now, I mean, this is the second time I've lived in a predominantly Spanish-speaking neighborhood in New York. 
Bushwick was definitely that, and Inwood is that. And now that I'm doing work in and around the community, I feel like I should at least have some sort of understandable knowledge of the language, right? I don't know that I expect to gain fluency by doing 15 minutes of Duolingo every night, but I would like to be able to like say, hello, how are you? Communicate with people, especially if I'm going to be running poetry workshops in this neighborhood and like, I don't know, being out and about in it, it seems like the polite, right thing to do. And I don't know, Duolingo makes a lot of promises. They say that what, like 34 hours of Duolingo is the same as one semester of college instruction. That owl does say that. Oh, <laughs> that little guy. I guess we'll see if that's true. Also, I don't think that there's not a social aspect of it because even though we're doing different languages and we often do it at different times because you have to like listen to yeah. it, um, we still kind of like check in or like, oh, did you do Duolingo today? And I feel like that sort of accountability is helpful. Yeah, that's for a good me. There is also is a social like you can join little that's clubs true. on there, but my experience with those is that they're pretty inactive. Interesting. I uh, guess I imagine that there would be like a core group of hardcore users. No, not. In my <laughs> well, I don't know how they do it either. At first, when I first joined and signed up, I did a club because I thought it might be worth my while and because you get a badge when you join a club you love the badges yeah, i have all the badges first of all oh, okay. uh, <laughs> second of all um and when i started it was pretty active and then it tapered off so i don't know if they if the clubs like group you with people in your general mm. experience area and so i started with a bunch of people who were also beginning and then maybe they have stopped you know i don't know mm-hmm. how that works duolingo if you're out there and you want to get back to us with this fact check <laughs> let us know the algorithm behind who goes into those clubs what i also like about duolingo and i haven't really accessed it yet because i'm already behind on the other podcasts i listen to but for free not even in the paid version you can access uh their podcast which as i understand it is just a podcast about i don't know random shit but in whatever language you want to learn Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I get a little pop-up for it. That's kind of interesting. I feel like you're an Android user, which is weird, but I feel like your app has way more functionality than mine does for some reason. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. It looks a lot better on Android than on Apple, which is a pretty rare thing to say yeah. about apps. Interesting. Yeah. I might want to check that out. Yeah, I think it's in all the major... Now now we're sponsored by Duolingo, basically. <laughs> I think it's in all the major podcast places. <laughs> You can find it on Stitcher, Apple, Google, and anywhere you can find Apartment 26, the Duolingo podcast. I actually found out that a lot more people use Stitcher than I thought recently. I like Stitcher. I listen to uh, like podcasts I don't necessarily follow. If I just want to pull up like one episode, I usually go to Stitcher and do it. Huh. Yeah, I don't know why. It really It's kind of nonsensical to like do that and not just use the app I already use. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. I find that Stitcher, if I Google it, like uh, XYZ, which might actually be a podcast, but XYZ podcast, episode two, Jetpack Cat, right? Let's say I'm looking for something specific. (laughs) I find that Stitcher is usually the first Google result, which, Hmm. yeah, I don't know what they've done to make that magic happen, but um, their SEO game seems to be strong. So that's usually why I end up there. Weird. Yeah. Well, all sorts of fun facts in this podcast today. Yeah, we've gone really deep. Oh, I can also riff on, speaking of SEO, 
I did um, free month of LinkedIn learning and liked it quite a bit. <laughs> also basically an advertisement, but I would say an, another realm of these classes that I'm kind of slowly entering after doing and liking LinkedIn learning um, slash Linda, right? That's the thing they bought. Yeah, they're, it's basically lynda.com through LinkedIn. Yeah. They own them now. Um, so I did that for some business stuff that I wanted to learn when I was starting uh, Dynamote Poetry, trying to get a sense for like how to do money. Um, and also I did an SEO class there, which made me think of it. But also there's uh, like uh, Coursera and edX. There's a lot of cool, like free higher ed content out there. And some of it is sort of iffy. Some of the quality isn't always great, uh, but some of the stuff out there is pretty good. And I've been interested in kind of exploring that, um, especially as I think about how much I really want to do grad school. You can audit some classes. Uh, you can enter into like video classes. There's a lot of stuff you can do um, through those platforms. So that's another route people can take in the digital realm cool yeah that's all i gotta say about that learning is fun yeah go learn something thanks for listening to this episode of apartment 26 for more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode check out the show notes linked below and follow us on instagram at apt26podcast see you next time